Let me have your attention for a moment. You're talking about what? Talking about bitching about some door knock you shot? Some son of a bitch that doesn't want to vote? Somebody doesn't care about inflation? Some never-Trumper who won't vote Republican? Let's talk about something important. Are they all here? All but one. Well, I'm going anyway. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers. (laughs) Think I'm fucking with you? I am not fucking with you. I'm here from D.C. I'm here from Mitch and Kevin. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. Your name's Levine? Yeah? You call yourself a campaign staffer, you son of a bitch? I don't have to listen to this shit. You certainly don't, pal. Because the good news is you're fired. The bad news is you've got all you've got just one day to regain your job. Starting today. Starting with election day. Oh, have I got your attention now? Good. Because we're adding a little something to this election day contest. As you know, first prize is the United States Senate. Anyone want to see second prize? Second prize is the House. Third prize is you're fired. You get the picture? You laughing now? You got call lists. Mitch and Kevin paid good money. Get their names and get them to vote. You can't close the voters you're given. You can't close shit. You are shit. Hit the bricks, pal, because it's you going out. The call lists are weak. The call lists are weak. Fucking call lists are weak. You're weak. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. You know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. And your name is your wanting. And you can't play in a man's game. You can't close them. And you go home and tell your Twitter followers your troubles. Because only one thing counts in this life. Get them to the poll where their vote is counted. You hear me? A, B, V. A, always. B, B, V, voting. Always be voting. Always be voting. A-I-D-A. Attention, interest, decision, action. Attention. Do I have your attention? Interest? Are you interested? I know you are because it's voter hang up. You vote or you hit the bricks. Decision? Have you made your decision for Christ? And action. A-I-D-A. Get out there. You got the call list coming in. You think they came in to get out of the rain? Guy doesn't attend a campaign event unless he wants to vote. Sitting out there waiting to give you their vote. Are you going to take it? Are you man enough to take it? What's your problem, pal? You, Moss. You're, you're such a hero. You're so rich. Why are you coming down here and waste your time on a bunch of bums? You see this watch? Yeah. That watch costs more than your car. I made 970,000 voter contacts last year. How much you make? You see, pal, that's who I am. And you're nothing. Nice guy? I don't give a shit. Good father? Fuck you. Go home and play with your kids. You want to work here? Close. You think this is abuse? You can't take this. How can you take the abuse you get from a voter? You don't like it? Leave. I can go out there today with the list you got. 
fake our campaign 15,000 votes today in two hours. Can you? Can you? Go and do likewise. AIDA. Get mad. Get mad, you sons of bitches. Get mad. You know what it takes to win elections? It takes brass balls to win elections. Go and do likewise, gents. The votes are out there. You pick them up, this election is yours. You don't, I don't have any sympathy for you. You want to go out and win this election and close? Close. It's yours. If not, you're going to be shining my shoes. Bunch of losers sitting in a bar. Oh, yeah. I used to be in politics. It's a tough racket. These are the new leads. These are the in the bank leads. And to you, they're gold. And you don't get them. Why? Because to give them to you would be throwing them away. They're for closers. I'd wish you good luck, but you wouldn't know what to do with it. And answer your question, pal. Why am I here? I came here because Mitch and Kevin asked me to. They asked me for a favor. I said the real favor, follow my advice and fire your fucking ass because a loser is a loser. We are now entering the home stretch ahead of the midterm election. McConnell's looking to make the midterms a referendum on President Biden. A referendum on inflation, illegal immigration, indoctrination. How are Democrats mitigating that red wave? They're desperately trying to save the midterms because they know what could be coming their way. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to the Election Day Spectacular here at the Ruthless Variety Program. What an intro, Michael. Yeah, hopefully it sets the tone. It sets the tone. It tells you everything you need to be up to here in the last moments. Right, and for and for the Zoomers uh, in our listenership, that's Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Great uh, movie. Fantastic a, movie. A symphony, really. Yeah. One of the greatest speeches that's ever been delivered. You know, I heard that uh, for years people would ask him to do it at parties. No, really? Yeah. They're like, Baldwin, you got to do it. <laughs> Well, I imagine he obliged. Yeah. Uh, he's an asshole, but he's a pretty good actor. He's a pretty good actor. Listen, we're getting real serious, as you can tell from the from the intro. And our endeavor here today is to provide you with the election day content that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stuff that makes you run through a brick wall today. Because yeah. that's what we got to do. Yeah, and, and what to expect tonight, right? And this is what you're supposed to be looking for. This is how we know what we're doing let we just need to run through the whole thing. We, you know, as you know, we like to provide information, but we also like to have a lot of fun. We like to talk about animal fighting, a whole bunch of different stuff. Occasionally, there is a moment where you have a program that just focuses on the information that you need to know. Yes. Welcome to today's program. Yes. Right. So look, <clears throat> your feet are stretched out, cocktail in hand. Hopefully you've done personally everything you can possibly do. That's right. To ensure that the red wave is going to happen. Because as Smug says. The red wave is not something that's happening. It's something we're doing, folks. Yeah, and then maybe you're listening to this early in the morning and you're on your way to a polling location. And God bless you for doing it. Yeah. Bring a couple friends. Bring some family. You just, you, no stone goes unturned today. That's right. Right? Because it's either 
your country gets thrown into the abyss mm-hmm. or we figure out how to go in another direction. I mean, that's the thing is all these horrible policies that this administration has put forward when you've got Biden in the White House, you've got Dems controlling the House, you've got Dems controlling the Senate. Look at what that has led, you know, this country into a disaster of a situation where inflation's out of control, gas prices are out of control. This is the day you hold them accountable because I know everyone has been upset with this. Everyone's been complaining about this for two years, but this is the day we hold them accountable. Exactly, exactly right, Smug. So look, for those of us who've been doing this a long time, you know pretty early on in the evening which way these things are going to go, mm-hmm. right? The Eastern Time Zone obviously close for it. The first uh, polls of the country close in Kentucky. Now, years and years and years ago, they had a bunch of different districts in Kentucky that were incredibly competitive. I remember in 2006, when everything cut against Republicans, there was this district held by Ann Northup, who was like a battle horse. Uh, It was a blue district, but she could figure out how to win it over and over and over again. When things were cutting against Republicans in November of 2006, Ann Northup was down double digits in the first 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is going to be a really bad night. Mm-hmm. Conversely, I remember like 2014, mm-hmm. when McConnell was up like 15 points in that first 15 minutes after 7 o'clock Eastern, I knew this was going to be a pretty good night, better than the polls had reflected. So here's what you got to look for first, right? There are a number of really incredible Senate races in the Eastern time zone, right? Yeah. Talking New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Florida, Ohio. Yeah. Right? The first ones to close here, you're going to get a little bit of a glimpse because, uh, you know, they take a little while, though. Mm -hmm. So there's some house districts here. And you know, because you listen to the Variety program, we've had almost every one of these people on. We talk through all these various races. You've gotten to know them a little bit. So you got something to cheer for. There are three in Virginia, Michael, that you got to keep an eye on. Yeah, um, Virginia 2, Virginia 7, and Virginia 10, I think, are three tests of the red wave. Good, great, and out of this world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Virginia 2, uh, that's the Elaine Luria seat. We we read we that story. We just talked about it last yeah. yeah. Yeah, how she tried to sell January. No, they didn't take Jan six in abortion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so sad. No, it didn't work in Virginia Beach. So, so that's a good one to watch. Yeah, the the great one, yeah. right? The one where if you see Republicans beginning to post a lead in the seventh con- congressional district, mm-hmm. and that's the one where sitting incumbent Democrat Abigail Spanberger, yeah, takes on Yesley Vega. Yeah. Now. This is probably not like conversant to everybody across the country. If you're Virginia, you obviously know because this thing's been playing out in technicolor and it's clearly a big national discussion in terms of the battle for the House. But Spanberger is one of those House Democrats who I think she was quoted, I'm paraphrasing, but I think she was quoted sometime in 2021 saying about Biden, nobody voted for FDR. Yeah, right. They voted for not Trump, right? And it was her way of sort of personally pushing back on the incredibly progressive sort of Bernie Sanders agenda that the Biden administration was putting on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, she happened to vote for all of it. That's the thing. 
that's the thing is like their words and their actions are very frequently two separate things two separate things but she's tried everything in her power to try to separate herself from national democrats it is a democrat friendly district yeah right yeah if abigail spanberger is in trouble in that first hour of the elections boy oh boy yep don't you think docs yeah no i look i think uh she's a good candidate as far as as far as uh you know frontline democrats go across the country she's probably one of their best candidates um but i think given the fact that it's like a d plus one d plus two district i think we got her yeah and the and the real stretch goal here in the indicator of, of a red wave is that Virginia ten the Wexton district against Hung Tao who we had on the variety absolutely program. Great remember, candidate. you all will remember shorthanded you will remember it's the guy who found uh, Kennedy Jr. his plane mm-hmm. yeah right I mean incredible career and many things beyond that story but if you're just trying to conjure up that interview that's a good shorthand for it uh, that is the stretch goal. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a stretch goal in particular because it contains some of the D.C. suburbs in Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. So that profile of that voter, it, like if it's going to sell anywhere, like the Jan 6 bullshit. You probably know, the best there. It, probably the best. So it's, 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 probably, it's probably not the perfect comparison to the rest of districts like that across the country. But it is definitely an early indicator that we'll at least have all the information to be able to say, like... Good, great, out of this world. Yeah, out of this world. If Hung Kao can pull it out, it's out of of this world. That's helpful. Right. Okay, so so that's in Virginia. Right. There's some other ones that are very interesting. Um, Rhode Island, too. Yeah, that's the one that I wanted you to talk about. Yeah, so, you know, on paper, just as far as voter registration goes, like how many Republicans there are in the district in Rhode Island too, you would be, you'd think, well, there's just no possible way that Republicans can pull it out. Um, nowhere close to a majority. <laughs> right, know? right. And, um, but we have a great candidate, Alan Fung, a uh, guy ran for governor as an independent at one point. He's really personable. His ads are great. He's like one of the only candidates to do like a walk and talk ad I actually like. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, usually those are terrible. Yeah, usually I just hate them. Um, anyway. If you can pull that off, you've got some charisma. The guy's just like a very nice man. Yeah. You know, and he's he's one of the few House candidates who walked into a race with like an established brand. Yeah. The voters were like, you know, I like him. Even if I won't necessarily vote for him, I like the guy. Yeah. You know? Um, Mira's going to love that we're profiling this one. Yeah. 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 She's she's been a huge fan of him. Yeah. Pushing his candidacy, which is huge. You got to get, you got to get folks involved. Um, So this race is, I think, going to be a really interesting indication of how Republicans do with independent voters and voters who typically, you know, might vote third party. Yep. You know, are they going to pull the lever for the Democrat? You know, in an environment where um, there's so much media coverage about this midterm, do they stay in and vote for other third party candidates or do they pull the lever for, yeah. you know, Alan Fung? So it's going to be a really interesting test of our strength with independence. Do we know, do, can they competently count votes in Rhode Island? Because here's here's the one of the things that we're talking about when we're talking about early indications, right? I would say one of the things you need to look for is New York congressional races here, mm-hmm. and we've got a number of them to talk about. Yeah. Sean Patrick Maloney, the DCCC yeah. chair, and others. But you also know how New York Right, it's going to take a month to count votes. Like right. they, They're just absolutely terrible. So it's not an early indicator right. at all. It's, right. in fact, a lagging indicator of right. everything that's happening. We know that Virginia counts votes 
relatively well. And we right. saw the governor's race do that. They get things done on election night. Is Rhode Island one of those that you think? I mean, it's not the best. Yeah. Not the best, but I mean, it's going to be better than New York. Better than New York. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, generally, the bluer they get, the worse they get. Yeah, right. right? But that, okay, that makes some sense. So in that in that bunch of time zones there, now let's just flip to the Senate real quick. Right. Right? New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. New Hampshire has been a stretch goal for Republicans since Sununu decided he wasn't going to run, right? Because you're going to deal with a first-time statewide candidate no matter what. We have General Don Balduck. He was down 10-plus points in the middle of September because, God bless it, they have their primary in September, which gives any challenger to an incumbent less than six weeks to put a campaign together. Uh, He's been under the gun. We saw SLF go in with $20 million. A bunch of bullshit, by the way, about, like, who's investing and who's not in that race. Like, Democrats and, like, this very unhelpful sort of Republican sect – have have tried to to pretend like Republicans have bailed out of that. If you spend twenty million dollars in the state of New Hampshire, you're not bailing out of a goddamn thing. Yeah, no, you can always find Lincoln Project style Republicans who will attack our own before an election. That's and right. It's despicable, but we're focused on the win. Totally. And that's the thing is, you look at polling now; it's neck and neck, neck and neck, right? And if you ask the Bulldog, remember we had uh, Don Bulldog on. We did. Pre-primary. Yes. We had him on to talk to him about all of this. If you were to ask his campaign today on election day, could you have gotten there without that $20 million investment? They would have said absolutely not. Right? I mean, that is, that is just a, a fact of the matter. And Republicans have been committed to that. Despite what you read in the headlines, Republicans are committed to that. Uh, look, the reality is, is he's been trailing by a couple of points because of this nature of the pr- late primary. I mean, it's just really difficult to get things turned around in that short right. amount of a time. If, for some reason, you see Don Bolduck in that Eastern time zone leading Maggie Hassan. Bye, oh, bye, oh, bye. Bye, oh, bye. <laughs> it's going to be a big night. It'll be a big night. Uh, but, but I think even if you see a very slim margin there, it could be a bye, oh, bye yes. as well. Yeah. Right? Cue the liberal tears. Yeah, right. I mean, I think that that's, that that's a good Senate race right at the top. Pennsylvania. Now, look, it's going to take a while for Pennsylvania. It's, it's so frustrating. To count votes. So annoying with states like this. It's terrible. And they also have the the thing where if you mail it on the election day, it still counts. They wait 7 days for it to ro- arrive in the mail and then they count it later. So if it's super close, you can yeah. see this thing going on for a week. Wait well, to instill confidence in the, you know, election process. Folks. I just don't understand why you don't clean that up. It's right? just so it's, crazy. It's not particularly. I don't even understand how it's a partisan thing. It's like you are just undermining people's confidence in the election to mm-hmm. have such a willy nilly process. It makes no sense. Just count it normally just and be transparent. Just fucking count it. Just I'm, fucking count it. <laughs> I, th- I think a court just recently decided that like, okay, it has to be at least like the ballot has to be time stamped before like, election. Before election. Yeah. Where Dems were like, it can be time stamped any time. Right. Any time. Like, are you serious? Drop it in January. Like, and when you, and when you're like, oh, you know, we still have some mail in ball- ballots to count. All right. Well, tell us how many. Yeah. I want to know how many. Yep. You know, if if you can get a money counter or a weight system to tell me exactly how many bills there are at a bank, you should be able to tell me how many ballots you have. That's transparency right. and should honesty. Listen, Duncan, transparency and honesty disadvantages younger voters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's repression, if you think about it. So uh, I heard you talking about this the other day, Ashbrook. That is a race between Oz and Fetterman. We're all well aware of it. We talked a lot about it on the on the program. But it's one that closed seven points 
over the 10 days prior to the debate. Yeah, this race this race was on trajectory uh, to put Oz in the Senate before the debate happened. And you knew this. I mean, we all knew this from a Republican standpoint because we were watching the numbers. We were watching the race move. But it was validated on the Friday before the debate because Democrats put another $7 million into Pennsylvania before the debate occurred. And so we knew we were on to something. Yep. We knew we had them. Yep. And, that and then was, the debate happened. You know, exactly. You, you Exactly. You talk about like inflection points and moments in this cycle when you when you feel good about something. That was a that was a moment in the Pennsylvania race. That was a big one. So you're going to see early returns. I would look for, um, honestly, the suburbs of Philadelphia. When you look at the eastern suburbs of Philadelphia, basically all. I mean, you're talking about Bucks County, Chester County, Delco, like all those areas right there have typically gone during the Trump years. Very blue. Mm-hmm. Very blue. But prior to the Trump years, they were a real swing district with a capability of Republicans winning. If Oz wins any of those counties early, look out. Yeah, these are moderates looking for a certain kind of candidate. These are people who voted for Arlen Specter, not necessarily a favorite senator on the program, but these are people who voted for Arlen Specter, Pat Toomey, Joe Biden. John Fetterman is not offering what voters in this area of the country are selling. Something worth watching for sure. Anyway, we go down south, North Carolina. That race, look, we haven't talked a lot about it, about it because of those of us who've done this for a living, and you're from there. That's right. You, I, I already cast my vote. Ted Budd, great candidate. Uh, that race is, is much closer than it should be. It's because right. Dems have just poured so much cash into that race. It's unbelievable. And they've got a really terrible candidate. They do have a terrible candidate, but I will tell you this. North Carolina does what North Carolina does, which is the mouth sort of opens at the end. In polling up to right now, election day, that is a two-point race. Yeah. Right? But a stable two-point race. Right. My point is is that if you look at election day and you see that mouth open to like three, five, Mm Mm-hmm. Or plus, again, a good indicator of things to come. It shows that there's a Republican mobilization on Election Day that has not been picked up on polling. Remember all that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in 2020, 2018, 2016, 2014, I mean, there is an element of that to watch for, but particularly in a midterm where you have all the atmospherics cutting against Democrats, that's one to watch. Yeah, it was very interesting. I think also in North Carolina, the strategy was smart that was executed, which it was like the first thing that they hit on was her record, mm-hmm. you know, on the state Supreme Court and the fact that she was like giving sentences to violent criminals yeah. that were below what they should have been, that she like let people out. Basically, they 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 poured a lot of money in there being like, you know, she's out of touch. Like she... Uh, is far outside the mainstream and they're closing now with an economic message saying she'd make things worse you think inflation is bad she'd make it worse so i feel like that one-two punch is going to be enough to get us across the board a lot of places in north carolina huge credit to to the bud campaign where they've honed in on what issues actually matter you see the ads that they're running in north carolina they're talking about uh their opponent's record on crime where she let criminals out who've committed horrible crimes so voters are seeing that the close they're seeing a message about the economy yeah but has not taken the bait yeah i think that's a really important point because everybody listening to this show has seen uh, endless amounts of news about the economy and how the economy is the real story of this campaign but do not 
sleep on crime mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, like we were just talking Wisconsin. about. Wisconsin. Crime is an issue that registers not just with Republicans and independents, but actually Democrats in these urban and suburban areas mm-hmm. in a very real way. And we've seen huge gains for Republicans because Democrats are so soft on violent crime. Yeah, and before we move on, a big tip of the cap there to Stephen Law, who you heard in the program, and and SLF, who put $30-plus million into North Carolina this cycle. That is a big, big number, a big investment. Uh, and I'm, I'm confident it's going to come through. Let's go to Georgia. Because this is the one, right? Yeah. I mean... Pennsylvania and Georgia. In Georgia, because of Governor Kemp, they can count votes now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can count. They can count votes now. So you're probably going to get a good idea on election day which way this thing's headed. The governor's race. Look, this was thought to be a neck and neck battle all the way through between Stacey Abrams, who Governor Kemp beat in a you know by what was it. 30,000 votes or something right. like that. Yeah. And she said it was stolen from she her. She said it was stolen. She never conceded. But it was relatively close. It wasn't an eyelash close, yeah. but it was relatively close four years ago, right, in 2018. That is a rematch that I believe is yep. going to be a bad thing for Democrats. It's going to be a very bad thing for Democrats because folks who listen to the program will remember that Stacey Abrams used her fake platform as the fake governor to take the all-star game out of the state of Georgia, and it cost Atlanta families dearly and that small businesses so much and she's had she's had a a ton of bad news just in the last few weeks there's some sort of internal investigation now into mismanaging funds at the pack it is so sketchy so sketchy because like it really lays bare folks you should really read these articles it lays bare the fact she's a charlatan does not care about politics doesn't give a shit she doesn't care about democracy just a grift this was all just a way to exact it was all way to bring in money from a bunch of rubes and the knives are out now like I, I've noticed that too. Is the Democrats are starting to say, you know, she's famous for losing, not winning. Maybe it's time to move. I know. On. I noticed yeah. that they turned. She remember they were like, oh yeah, she should the be a presidential. Comment. Yeah, no, yeah, right. And now it's entirely changed. Hats off to Governor Kemp, Bobby on his team, and the whole crew. What a king! Those guys are doing great work. They're going to get uh, over the top. But the big showcase here is Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. Well, they're pulling Walker with them. And we have a situation in Georgia where Warnock has not been able to get above 46 on the ballot, and that is Mayday territory for a Democrat incumbent. And uh, Herschel Walker, folks, do not be surprised if tonight Walker finishes a little bit ahead of Warnock, despite everything you've been reading, Mm -hmm. despite everything the mainstream media has been telling you. Do not be surprised if Walker finishes a little bit ahead of Warnock. Maybe it heads to a runoff. But it's not out of the question that Walker could finish. So just just, just so everybody understands what we're talking about here, uh, Georgia, one of many southern states, they have a runoff uh, uh, election where if one candidate does not exceed a majority threshold, over 50%, that means that they go for a two-month runoff. And mm-hmm. you know, we all recall 2020 and the disaster that that was with the two Georgia runoffs. This one for a lot of reasons could be different but look as of this morning the conversations that i've been having with the walker campaign with the senatorial committee and others they think there's at least a possibility that herschel gets the 50 i mean that would be so huge and he has closed so strong they've they've come after herschel so hard with so many lies you even had president obama 
go right. and, and, and try to attack Herschel Walker. And his press conference that he gave, or no, it was Herschel an event. dunked on him. Yeah, he dunked on Obama, dude. He dunked on Warnock at the debate. This is a guy who's right. He's a winner. Right. The guy is a winner by his he, nature. He figured it's it out at the this. right. He figured it out at the right time. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like a lot of first time candidates, everybody wants to like Herschel doesn't sound like a like a candidate. So Democrats, of course, you know, anybody that didn't sound like them, they're like, you know, totally dismissive of. But he figured it out. Mm-hmm. I'm he, he gets found into that hole. September. He, he cut, and now he's got open field. I, I think, mean, that guy's going to get it. Great vision. I, I think great field vision. I think we talk about this a lot on the show, but it's worth saying with you know with Walker in particular, the whole line of attack on you know that Obama had on him. Oh, you know you, you oh there's Herschel Walker, Heisman Trophy winner. I see him at an airport. I don't want him flying the plane. And it's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, who the fuck do you think you are? You think, what, you think politics is special? Like, we live in a fucking democracy. You only think you and your elitist pals get to be congressmen and senators? That's what he wanted to say. He flies down. That's the reality. That's the reality. That's what they fucking think of you. He flies down from his Martha's Vineyard mansion being like, hey, Hey, come on. It takes a special person. It takes a community organizer to be a senator. It's like me and my Ivy League millionaire. Could it be a Heisman Trophy winner? Because that doesn't take skill and determination and commitment to doing something and accomplishing something. No, you know, being a fucking... uh, going to Harvard or whatever and becoming a lawyer and then f- finding out how to be a community organizer in Chicago, that, that prepares you better? Hey, right. fellas, fellas, when Obama is willing to get into a plane and let John Fetterman or Joe Biden yeah, fly right. it, then I'm willing <laughs> yeah. to listen to his attack. <laughs> right. Yeah, that. ride shotgun in that plane with Fetterman. I love <laughs> oh that. I love that. So look at that. I mean, here, if you're talking about granularly as these votes come in, some of them do it. You know, Hammer has actually done a decent job on Fox lately of breaking this down. Typically, you see it from like Kornacki on MSNBC or you get John King on CNN where they go district by district. North Georgia, mm-hmm. the, the MTG district up there, mm-hmm. that is the area where you lost the 2020 runoffs because they didn't show in the same sort of veracity that they did during the general election in November. If that sucker starts to show and there's a big margin there, they can offset whatever's happening in that off in that Atlanta area mm. in the Atlanta suburbs, the, the Buckhead area that you typically see a little Herschel shy vote. So it's all about turnout. Check out North Georgia as they're breaking this stuff down. Anyway, that's my that's my point. Um, all right, we got to talk about Florida, Ronnie D and Marco. Mm-hmm. Um, it has not been hugely on our radar because one, you got Ronnie D on the top of the ticket, and the guy's just a magician. I mean, he's been just I mean, everyone. Please go vote in Florida. Please, everyone, go vote. But feel good about the knowledge that Ronnie D is kicking the shit out of Charlie Chris. Oh, man, it's so good. It's just ugly, right? No one deserves to be curb stomped more than Charlie Chris. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I saw something that, uh, that that Republicans were actually leading by registration, leading in Miami Dade with that early is vote. Leading. Wow. Yeah. Base base Latinos are going to save America. Dude, I love I got I, I love Miami I, so much because right. they just hate communists. Like God, they're I love like, them. They're so like much. number one issue for voters is like I hate communists. God it's bless like, them. Fantastic. Yeah. I got some secret info here that I just learned oh. in the last few days. Charlie Chris, maybe not live. That's too strong, but spends an inordinate amount of time 
maybe with his wife or girlfriend, I forget who it is, in Minnesota. Lives oh, really? Lives next no to a, kidding. What? Lives next to one of my buddies. No. Are you yeah. serious? Isn't, usually it's yeah. the other way around. People from Minnesota going to Florida. Yeah. No, this guy, he's gone north. He's gone mm. north. Interesting, right? It's actually impressive he's maintained that tan. Yeah, well, I... I, I mean, think. I guess he can't be seen in Florida because most people would be like, get the hell out of here. So he's like, all right, I'll take your advice. <laughs> so anyway, Ronnie D is going to post a margin there. But look, Florida's Florida. We all have taken it for granted because it's gone red the last few cycles. But it's not gone red by that much, right? Recall that like Rick Scott won it by an eyelash you yeah. know, in a recount. I actually lost money on Predict It because I, I had a bet in 2018 about... Uh, margin. Well, I said there would be 53 Republican senators, uh. and then I didn't notice that they said there would be 53 Republican senators by January 4th. Oh. Oh. It was like January 8th when that thing, or something like that, when that thing actually got finalized, so I actually lost predicted money on but related, yeah. But related story, and it's the reason why I love Mitch McConnell, I hope our listeners appreciate this. During the midst of all of that, they do the uh, swearing in, and they have the new member gathering in D.C. Yeah. Mitch had him up. Yeah, no, he, he, invite, he invited him yeah. against all protocol. Against all protocol, yeah. and everybody cried, and the media whined and bitched, and Mitch was like, hmm. Yeah, it was it was mm. a very, very mm. close race. We're not going to have that this time. Marco Rubio is going to stomp his opponent, and Ron DeSantis is going to stomp his. Yeah, no, so I, think Florida, that's, I think Florida, that's absolutely the Republicans, true. The Republicans this time around are going to win much, much bigger than Republicans who have run before them. The point being, the point that I'm trying to make here is if you don't see a 10-point margin here, don't be concerned. It's a three-point state. You know, I, I I felt, I mean, you can really feel this crazy electricity. When we did that event with DeSantis down oh, Florida that was wild. earlier this year, there is something there going on. Yeah, yeah I people mean, hang on his every word. He, he, like, the crowd that showed up yeah, was Remember, people, people lined up single file around the block, around the block, a thousand people. And the guy, like... He gets the audience so pumped, and he delivers, is yeah. the thing. is like when he says – so many Republicans are frustrated because the past two years have basically been we're, – we're facing a situation where Democrats control the House, the Senate. He's a governor. Right. And he makes promises to voters, and he's been coming through. And no one can stop him. Disney can't stop him. The Dems can't stop him. He doesn't care who's in the way. He's been steamrolling it. And as a result of that, you see the way voters and that crowd felt – I mean, it was incredible. Yeah, he and, he and his wonderful wife, Casey, uh, are going to be celebrating, no question, tonight. Um, so let's head back up north, shall we, fellas? Sure. sure. Ohio. Yeah, Ohio is a state that this is a Trump plus eight state, um, but it's a state where the Democrat has been pretending like he's right of center. And uh, we have- a He v- sounds like when you listen to him talk, he sounds like us- Right, he tries, and it's, he's it, such a. It, snake. it would be like if, if it'd be like if if we were sociopaths, right? If if like what we were talking to you about was like only to garner your attention, and then we acted in a totally socialist fashion, right? right. That's the thing. That's the way that he presents. And 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 uh, I saw the town hall uh, that JD and Tim Ryan did the other night on Fox, and he got called out multiple times, mm-hmm. multiple times. For like he is he's voted every time with Biden on everything possible to kill jobs in Ohio, to kill the energy industry in America. Right. right. And he tries being like, Well, come on, guys. I, I, I actually disagree with my Democrat friends. Then why'd you vote with them, buddy? Exactly. Why'd you vote e- with them? Exactly. And uh Inflation Sen- Reduction Act. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 He's it, got his it, name on there. Exactly. J JD's gonna win here. This is also a state where the Republican who's running for governor, Mike DeWine, is gonna run 
or excuse me, is going to win going away 15 points plus maybe, and and JD's going to win in Ohio. It's yeah. going to be so great having JD in the Senate. Just yeah. remember, you heard JD here first before he was a candidate. He, he came on the variety program That's to talk right. about what it would be like if he ran. And and honestly, you know, for anybody who's who's from Ohio listening to this show, he's he's running to be the third most famous person from Middletown ever to make it on the national scene. You can't forget Chris Carter. Oh, my man. Wonderful wide receiver for the, the Minnesota Vikings. Hands, palm olive hands, or, just softer than soft. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, incredible. Yeah, Kyle Schwarber. Oh, okay. come on, dude. Okay. Come on, dude. Okay. <laughs> so, J.D.'s got number two. Shout out, J.D. <laughs> there we go. All right, so uh, let's go to Wisconsin for a minute. Okay. So, coming into this cycle... Number one overall in terms of how the media ranked seats most likely to flip was Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And the reason they did that is because he had an approval rating in like the mid-30s or whatever. And they and they thought that he had like sort of a penchant to run an undisciplined campaign. What turned out happening is the man has run sneakily one of the best campaigns in the country. And they said the same shit about him in 2016. Yeah, they did. They but did. It, it also helps that his opponent is, I mean, especially lately, all the stories that have Mandela come out. Barnes. Mandela Barnes. Mandela Barnes is just yeah. like insanely radical left-wing candidate that doesn't fit any Wisconsin voter. And and now that all these facts are coming out, you're seeing Wisconsin voters being like, I absolutely do not want this crazy guy calling the shots Right, especially here. with the backdrop of everything that happened in Kenosha. And, exactly. Know, I mean, like, again, like Ashbrook said, crime is a huge issue. Right. Huge issue. It registers with Democrats. And I'll say one thing for folks who haven't seen it, I would encourage you to go to Twitter and and uh, search the videos of Ron Johnson shotgunning uh full pints of beer <laughs> if, you, if you haven't seen it you need to see it and that will help you understand why this guy is gonna win in wisconsin yeah, come on let me show you yeah, remember right. that 2010 at it was one of the greatest ads oh it was so great it was so great well anyway i think he's gonna do well but but remember again this is why we're providing context for all of this wisconsin is a blue state mm-hmm. yeah. wisconsin is a state that biden won wisconsin has Tammy Baldwin, yeah. maybe the most liberal member of the United States Senate, and they have a Democratic governor, which is, by the way, also in play here. Mm-hmm. If their governor race and Ron Johnson are looking decisive in that central time zone, um, we're in for a good night. Mm-hmm. We're in for a good night. All right, let's go to Iowa. Um, folks, we've kept this off the radar, but the reality is is that Democrats have sort of dive-bombed our man Grassley. They They're try- monsters. When, when Grassley, like I've said many times, he's he's probably among my favorite senators. Awesome guy. We saw him in Iowa last year. Just the best person you can meet. He's just such a good dude. He's actually so representative of the people of Iowa. He's not dogmatically partisan by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, there are a number of things that I even personally disagree with him, but I know he does it for the right reasons. Yeah. And and, and also with Dems in control of the Senate, he's been an absolute bulldog exposing and investigating Hunter Biden. Totally. Which to me... Shows a lot because he doesn't give a damn what the media is saying of like, oh, wow, uh, we had a blockade on Hunter Biden. Why are you talking about it? He's been investigating that and putting the facts. If it wasn't for him, you would not have the facts behind FBI malfeasance when it comes to Trump and everything else. Mm -hmm. Okay, so get invested in that race, too. I mean, truth be told, if you got like a couple of bucks, even at this stage in the day of the election, send it to him. 
they can use it. They're fighting off this just left-wing psychopath named Franken, ironically, uh, who's trying to position himself as a real Iowan. The, the reality is, is he really doesn't even like Iowa. Yeah. Um, and has said as much, basically. But that, that race is going to be a little tighter than Grassley is typically accustomed to. Don't take that as a sign of anything other than they really dive bond on Grassley, right? He's going to win, but that that's something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. All right? So Missouri, we're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Eric Schmidt. Great, uh, great candidate. One of the first candidates we had on the program this cycle. He won that primary over Eric Greitens yep. and, and Hartzler mm-hmm. and, and Billy Long. Mm-hmm. Uh, very tough primary. He won it. Uh, he has since, and this is what I really appreciate about Eric Schmidt. This is really, really what I appreciate about this guy. This dude knew we couldn't spend $30 million defending his ass in, in Missouri, so he put the backpack on himself. Mm-hmm. That's big. He did it himself. He's going to get over the finish line himself. He freed up resources for Republicans to play in other places. That's a team player. Mm-hmm. That's a team player move, man. I got to like that. Eric Schmidt, good guy, going to be a great senator. Let's move west. Colorado. Mm-hmm. Tough state. Tough state, but man, we everybody's got to go vote for O'Day. Our listeners in Colorado, I, I was just there uh, a couple months ago. Um, you're seeing a lot of folks who are unhappy about what's happened to that economy, who, who are upset about what's happened to the energy uh, industry in this country, which Colorado is a part of. Joe O'Day himself is a business guy who, who's, who's worked in the energy industry, and, and he was part of the reason America was energy independent until the Biden administration, the Democrats in the Senate took over. Yeah, no, 100% true. Um, look, this would qualify as a shocker, right? There's basically nobody in the election punditry who believes that Joe O'Day can win this. I don't know. If he does, it's one of those races where everybody's like, man, can you believe how big this wave was? Totally. Yeah, it's, a, it's sort of like we were saying earlier in Virginia, right? Like good better best or whatever if you're winning that if you're winning that i feel really good about what's remaining on the map yo i mean if we're winning that everything has been gigantic katie bar the door katie bar the door (laughs) that's right and and listen for my friends in colorado i was born in 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 denver i know we're mad about russell wilson electing joe day will help heal that wound it will help (laughs) you will feel good yeah you traded chubb you traded chubb it looks like you're selling out things are tough Vote O'Day. Vote O'Day. Feel good about things. Vote O'Day. That's Let right. O'Day cook. There you go. Let O'Day cook. Let's go immediately to the west of that Mike Lee. He's been on the program twice. We've talked to him. He's obviously one of the smarter per- people that we have in the United States Senate. He's a constitutional lawyer. A constitutional yeah. lawyer. I mean, his problem in, in elected politics, when you're super smart, it's actually a problem for yeah. you. Yeah. Because when you talk, you talk about specifics and people want to hear broad brush, paintbrush. Yeah. Right? And what's happened in that race is it, it, one guy's talking about basic legalities of why it is that your life is worse. And then you have this complete charlatan, this Lincoln Project fucking idiot. Egg McMuffin, yeah. who still to this day has not paid his vendors. Like, this guy is, is used to running up debts, and that's exactly what he would do in the Senate. He's yeah. the worst. He's the worst. Anyway... That is going to be a little bit of a tighter race than you typically get because he secured both the the independent nod 
and the Democratic Party endorsement, and he claims... Yeah, they didn't feel the candidate, yeah. He claims he's not going to caucus with one party or another. Bullshit. He gets his money through act. Not to mention, he doesn't even really get to make a choice. In a situation right now where we have a 50-50 Senate, right, where Kamala Harris gets to pass the deciding vote, and, you know, at most in the projections here, like you're at 51, maybe 52 or whatever, like, you would make... Schumer majority leader. Yeah, that's what he would do. But just by choosing to not caucus, you'd make a majority leader. Yeah. So this. So it's over. This, this, Fuck you, dude. The, yeah, <laughs> right. But but also here's this like a little insider bit that you don't get on any other program. If you actually try to caucus independently, you don't even get committee. You assignments. get nothing. You get nothing. You don't even get the courtesy of like a a committee like nutrition which is why they don't actually do it and it, you know if you go back and you look at the history of senate candidates who angus claimed king this, is right, a really good one perfect example angus king in maine a few years ago said he would not caucus with the republicans or democrats he won an independent bid to replace the retiring senator snow in maine mm-hmm. he showed up in washington and figured out he wouldn't even get an office assignment without mm-hmm. caucusing with one place <laughs> or another yeah. and he was like oh that's pretty good i'm with schumer right right go and that's what this guy would do yeah this charlatan clown yep so let's go to arizona folks you heard carrie lake here mm-hmm. you heard blake masters here mm-hmm. this is a razor's edge deal now I think objectively speaking, and it fucking pains me to say that anything positive about a Democrat, as you know, but Mark Kelly is running an objectively pretty good race here. He's basically just tried to hide. So Mark Kelly's whole pitch, because Arizona is a very weird state. Those voters are not like, I vote along party lines. They pick and choose, right? They're they're very mavericky, you know, your Arizona voters. So he's hid from his record. His entire campaign has been trying to be like, wow, Republicans are radicals. Meanwhile, I just, I just, I'm right down the middle. And I when disagree. he's rubber stamped every far left bit of legislation. Well, and he's he benefited from the election calendar, right? Because Arizona has late a very, primary. very late primary. So Blake Masters has had very little time to prosecute that case because mm-hmm. he had a competitive primary and yeah, had to did. spend a ton of money. And then you come out of that in the end of Arizona, in the end of August and you're bankrupt, you know, and, and then you got to raise all this money. And another thing that Mark Kelly's benefited from is a lot of money from China. Yeah. He made his fortune in China selling supplements. Like this is unbelievable. And and, and uh, I can't remember what, what paper that was out there. Uh, was it the Arizona Republic? Probably, probably. We, it's communist. We, I think it was Brom Resnick or someone. Me and the Minions, shout out to the Minions. We bullied the hell out of him for not covering that story because essentially they're trying to hide who Mark Kelly is. Who Mark Kelly is is someone who's made a fortune from China and who votes with every far left bit of legislation they put in front of his face. Does he work for the Arizona Republic? Who? Oh. That reporter. You're no, talking. no, no. He, he's a TV guy. TV guy? Okay. And, well, and, and it's going to be up but, to those voters to be like, listen, uh, Blake Masters is an incredible candidate. I've said it before. He's the only one I've donated to. I believe in him. He would do an amazing job in the Senate. He, I, I, nothing would make me happier than see him get that W. Yep. That's yeah. what we can get over the top. Totally. He's very close. I will say, like, look, I think just objectively speaking, looking at this map right now, if you see like Virginia 7, for example, going our way, this is a state that's very attainable Mm -hmm. for Republicans. It is. I think one of the issues here that we have to discuss is the permanent early voter list in Arizona where, you know, a lot of the older, you know, folks in the population, they get that mail-in ballot. They always do. And then they vote 
right right away. Yeah, I worry a little bit that Blake caught on too late for those folks who have already cast. Their Just ballot. to put context to that, when we did a race there in 2016, a statewide race, it was we knew it was over a week beforehand because mm-hmm. we'd already banked enough votes to win. Right. That's right? the tough thing for, for Masters So it's there. a little bit tough. Here's the other thing that I don't love. This is what I don't love. Arizona has had a penchant of voting for Doug Ducey, John McCain, Jeff Flake, uh, even the Attorney General who was in the Senate primary, Bernovich. Bernovich. Um, like, folks who are a little less dogmatic, right? They're not... They're not any less conservative in some ways, but they're just a little less dogmatic. I don't love Carrie Lake closing that campaign with rallies with Steve Bannon. I don't love it. It's, I, I, it, it, it's, it's just like, I think that she is one of the most talented candidates that I have seen. Yeah. And I'm not making that up. I'm, I, I mean, sincerely, her ability to articulate not only her position, but stand just absolutely athwart every media attack is something to behold. Yeah, no, it's all natural ability. She's like Bo Jackson. But I, I, but I, I, think, hopefully, the ener- I think the hopefully, energy she's hope- injected into that race is I'm, it's unbelievable. Not, yeah, hopefully I'm, she can she, win. I, hopefully she can win despite that. I just think of the, the people who show up on election day, that's less of a concern. I hope that's right. You see right. what I'm saying? I think that's right. Yeah. But I worry because of the state's history, they yeah. haven't done it before. Right, and so I right. worry, I, that makes me worry a little bit. But but like I said, I think if you look at Virginia 7 and you're like, dude, we're going to win the Abigail Spanberger seat, I think Arizona is going to be my, in a good spot. My feeling yeah. is 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 I'm I'm kind of of the opinion that get that base out. Get that base out hard. Like do all the rallies. She she's like ball lightning. Like the excitement that she brings that her supporters have get them all out there to vote and i think i i think she's going to do a great job of that i think the enthusiasm and electricity around her it feels very different like mm-hmm. i think she she's is one get, of the top yeah. candidates in the country i think she's going to get there i i i hate to say this i think maybe blake comes up a little little short if you are listening to this in arizona get out and vote for him and get every one of your friends in a car to go out and vote for Blake. I'll I'll, I'll make a promise. If Blake wins, I'll go do an event in Arizona. Hell oh, yes. Wow, uh, we all great. will. Hell we yeah. all will. Guaranteed. Well, we'll do it. Arizona's not the only western state. That's no, right. which is incredible. Nevada. So this is the one obviously you all know, you listen to the program that we've been most invested in. We actually work on the race. Uh, it was coming into the cycle the furthest reach for Republicans. It was the only pretty blue state had been blue in 2020 2018 2016 it had gotten progressively more blue uh they hold entirety of the state legislature and the, the read, governor the read machine is legendary read machine like and all these things we wanted to get involved in, with it because of that we also knew adam laxalt thought he was a hell of a guy and a good candidate we got involved in it that is a race that has been a persistent two to three point lead for Adam here for about six weeks. Um, I feel pretty good about it, fellas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel pretty good based on the information we have from early voting in person and the mail and the quote unquote dem firewall in Clark County. I feel great about it. Yeah, I feel great about so it. So let's put that thing on the board. Let's right? do it. Let's put that thing on the board. But if you're in Nevada and you haven't voted yet and you're listening to this, get out and then grab somebody on the street 
<laughs> that if you're walking by to say, hey, you're coming with me and you're voting. And the thing is, is for folks in Nevada is you elect Laxalt, you're going to get a great champion in the Senate. You're going to defeat someone who has been a rubber stamp for the Dems, but you will also make John Ralston cry. And isn't that a wonderful thing? <laughs> I will say he's the one candidate this cycle who has bridged the divide. Everywhere, like from Mitch McConnell to Donald Trump mm-hmm. to Ron DeSantis, every Wait, DeSantis pe- cut an ad for him. Yeah, I mean oh, yeah. every every piece of the Republican uh, Party has been all in for Adam. That says something about his candidacy, and we got to get behind it. Last one, fellas. This is really really important. Mm-hmm. We're giving you a little sneak peek here, folks. Nobody's talked about Washington State. You heard Tiffany Smiley on the program. Everybody's kind of trying to pretend like this doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I worked out in Washington State, and there's one thing that I looked for: can a Republican carry King County, mm. which inco- incorporates uh, uh, Seattle mm-hmm. and the Seattle suburbs? It, most of it is in the eighth congressional district. Of is it Bellevue in there? Wa- is that yeah, the- yeah, yeah, in Washington State. If a Republican can come out with a split in King County, they can win. This- I saw polling yesterday. Mm-hmm. Dead split. This no would be oh, this man. would be a sweet, sweet victory. And you know, Senate Leadership Fund has seen this, and that's why they invested over the weekend. Folks probably read about it. Um, this is a race where we can win. It reminds me a lot of what we did in Scott with Scott Brown in 2010, where none of us talked about that. it, but we all of a sudden, like I literally moved to Massachusetts for six weeks uh, in New York. I remember there were buses going down. Yeah, and, and we we all went out there, and we nobody talked about. It. Everybody's like, "Wait, hey, where are you?" And we're like, eh, don't worry about it." And then, like two weeks before the election, everybody's like, "Holy shit, Democrats have a huge problem, in Massachusetts." Tiffany, this reminds me. That yeah, this. Tiffany Smiley is one of the greatest uh, greatest candidates we La- have across the map. This cycle, last stretch goal. Since we're talking about the West Coast on the House side, back on the House side for a moment. Guys, it's possible we get Kitty Porter. Ooh. It's possible we win that race. Mm. She doubled and tripled down on the abortion ad stuff. And I've, I mean, work the race on the CLF side. You you look at the verbatims from all the brush fire polls we've been doing week to week. And what you see, and it's the most fascinating thing, is sort of like highly educated, soft Democrats who resent the patronizing message on abortion that the Dems are overplaying their hand dramatically with these mm-hmm. voters. Because if you live in a blue state and you know nothing's going to change, having your candidate go to camera to tell you how much it's going to change and lie to you is sort of offensive to them. Sort of Who would have thought? Who would have <laughs> thought? So, Turns out they don't like her so much. You know, last thing I, I'd love to close with this is everyone, and you can't say Adam Laxalt, pick a candidate you want to see get that W on election night. Mm. I mean, for me, it's smiley. Yeah. I, I look. The, I have I have a grand total in my entire career of one loss, and that was in 2004. I was a young man, mm-hmm. and I went out there super arrogant, thinking that like you just work super hard and win. And man, we, that hurts. And we came up short. I learned a ton. I haven't lost since. Yeah. But that is the one that for me would be the most satisfying if somehow we could kick Patty Murray out of that seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that'd be incredible. You would see me dancing from the rooftops. How about you, Ashbrook? Uh, I'm going to go home for this one. Um, it, for me, it's J.D. Vance. And yeah. J.D. grew up in Middletown. Uh, it's just one city over from where I grew up in Hamilton. 
I just think it's time for the state of Ohio to be represented by a guy from Middletown. And I, I cannot imagine anything better than listening to the libs whine and cry because a guy who grew up in Middletown, Ohio, is a new senator representing our state. And you, Duncan? Duncan? My answer is Herschel Walker. Yes. Oh, nice. I think it reflects a total reversal of all the bullshit in Georgia that we saw last cycle. Mm-hmm. It repudiates the Biden message and the and the Stacey Abrams message that this is Jim Crow 2.0, what was going on down there with huge turnout and huge mm-hmm. early vote turnout for Republicans. You love to see it. And as you know, and last, and I'll say it again, it's a repudiation of the elitism of Barack Obama and all these liberals who think a guy who won a Heisman Trophy can't be a senator. I love but it. But some dipshit like Barack Obama can. I love it. Smug, what do you got? So I have, I'm, I'm going to be the only one who picks the house race. I've got Mike Lawler, New York 17. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Running yes. against Sean Patrick Maloney. Lawler is a personal friend, one of the hardest working people I've met. When I was in the game, you know, working late nights, I'm leaving the campaign office midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., Lawler's leaving. Uh, uh, he, he helped me. He mentored me. He always was there to help anyone who needed it. And 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 for that, you know, I think if, if that is the character trait, that's who you want representing. I love it. Can yeah. I do one down ballot? Let's do it. Jim Schultz, the AG in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. We yeah. all met him. He came to all of our events at the Ruthless Variety program in Minnesota. He was there smiling, shaking hands, working his tail off. He's a good lawyer. He's a good man. And he's running against Keith Ellison. Ugh. This Literally Antifa. Keep, Literally Antifa. Keep your eye on that one. If you can win statewide in Minnesota, that guy's going to be a huge star. I love that race right now. I love this episode. I love Election Day. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. But remember, you got to go vote today. Polls or whatever, today's the day we decide. So, until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. Not this game. Not tonight. And you were meant to be here tonight. Their time is done. It's over. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it.